He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Praise the Lord and welcome to the question and answer segment of this program. I realize during my conferences and even after that we all come and we have questions, we have dilemmas, and we have issues. Everybody has issues, no matter who you are. The woman with the issue of blood was not the only woman with issues. Hers was an issue of blood, but we have issues in all our lives. And I am no wise sage or any super woman, but I know by experience, for the Bible says, I have learned by experience, you know. So I know ex by experience that the Bible has the answer, that the Bible is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path in a very dark and dreary world. And it is the counsel of God that by his grace I seek to bring to the people of God. I have no wisdom of my own, but only the wisdom that comes from above and the wisdom that comes from the word of God. Therefore, let us just relax, trust in the Holy Spirit to bring us answers, trust in the Holy Spirit to be a wonderful counselor in this segment, and trust God to bring us answers. Beloved, I am not the answer. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Be blessed as you listen. Hi. We have a few questions here that we'll run through quickly. What happens if you marry and realize your husband is sterile? I don't think it's a very um, unusual situation. 
I think that that is why we say in the marriage vows, for better, for worse. I wish that with my human wisdom I could say, just dump him and go and look for somebody else. But that is not, that will not be God's word, you see. And when we come and stand here and we vow, it's for God. We say, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, in prosperity and in adversity, for better, for worse. And so it means that you expect that even when it's worse, you will stay in it. And so I have to tell you what God's word says, okay? It didn't say that you could divorce when your husband is sterile. It says you could divorce when the person has been unfaithful. So I'm a girl with issues. Everybody has issues. <laughs> I love singing and I'm part of the choir. I know that God has great plans for me because I want to be a medical doctor and a great singer like darling Sheik. Sissy Winans and Sister Grace. But the issue is that I love my spiritual father and he knows it. He nearly broke my virginity but came back to realize his mistake. I know God has forgiven me but I don't know what to do. Sister Mommy, please, what do I do? Run. <laughs> run. Run, baby, run. The Bible doesn't say that. Try and uh, negotiate useful lusts. Explain useful lusts. It says flee. And God gives us many spiritual fathers. Okay, so I think that you should forgive the person and all that, but for the rela relationship to be restored, once he has been attracted to you and has slept with you, it would be better for you to run. David had a father called Saul, but he couldn't stay there. And he had to run. You too must run so that what God has put in you will come to pass. And please, try that you don't also play a part in it. You know, no matter how spiritual or how anointed the person is, run. Because your loyalty is to a higher authority, which is God. Amen. I'm a son. I've learned a lot. Can I ask how and what do women have to look before saying yes? That's a tall order. They have to look for whether you are a child of God just like them. They have to marry from the same family. That is a family of God. They have to know whether you are a friend because you marry somebody that you can live with, somebody you can chat with, and somebody that you are um, proud of. Don't marry somebody that when you see the person, you are hiding the person. When they say, bring your wife or bring, they say, oh, stay there, stay there. They are not calling you yet. And things like that, you know. And you have to marry somebody from what you can see can help go along with your vision. If in the beginning alone there are problems about the vision for both of you, it is a problem area. And you must marry somebody you can... Um, depend on, not depend on totally, I mean your whole life, but trust, somebody you can trust and depend on, somebody who has eyes for the future. I think that this is quite a long tape, but if you will buy how to be marriageable or how to be found, some of these things will be on that tape. What do you do when you believe and accept that you have messed up and you are so scared because you don't want another mess? I have too much baggage on my mind. I have too much baggage. My mind is in a wreck. Too many issues and the Lord is so quiet. Seek help. Seek counsel. Talk to somebody who is spiritual and can minister to you. 
Because when you keep things inside you, Job said, I will speak so that I will not best. You can best. And when you speak to an experienced person, a pastor, that you can trust, you will find out that what you thought were issues, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that has not happened before. So God wants your mess so that he can give you a message. So bring your mess to him and let him restore. So look for somebody who has oversight over you and speak to the person so that the person can also speak into your life. Bible says we ought to bear one another's burdens. The person will help you. Amen. What do you do when an assistant pastor's wife doesn't flow with you, the pastor's wife, and seems to hide things from you? <laughs> um, you cannot force people to love you. You cannot force people to be open with you. You cannot force people to accept you. In your life as a woman, you will come across Opus and you will come across Ruths. Opus go with you some of the way. Ruths go with you all the way. So don't fight for things that don't work. If your assistant pastor's wife doesn't flow with you, you just need enough flow for the church to work. But you may not need it as a friend, moving and all that. Look around. God will give you other people who will cheer you on and provide your needs. So if your needs are not being met in one quarter, don't look in one bucket. The need must be met here. No, look in another. And then also walk in love. Don't scratch with the chickens. Fly with the eagles. When the person calls you to a battle, don't respond. Refuse to wear your boxing gloves, ladies, and just say that, oh, me, I'm just here to party. That's why I've worn a frock. I didn't come to fight. You see, sometimes a person is pulling you to fight. You greet the person. You did oh, become deaf, blind, and dumb. So how are you, Akosia? How is it? And she has made her face. Akosia, it is well. Eh? Bye. <laughs> Amen. If you are going to think about it, why does she do that? So what can I do? Will she love me? You are wasting anointing, okay? <laughs> Auntie Mommy, please, I would like to know how and from whom you tapped such an anointing. From God, from my husband from an anointing in the house and from also listening to women and other preachers that I feel can impact my life. I think that. And God will do the same for you. And also quiet time. I think a personal relationship makes you minister from your heart. Do you see? And when you have issues and you go to God, he will minister to you and that comfort wherewith you are comforted with, you will be able to minister to others. Okay. Auntie Mami, please, can you take money from a guy you have broken up with? <laughs> Opportunist. <laughs> you have broken up with him. Why are you now enjoying his money? Hey, women, women. <laughs> I think that if you have broken up with him, let him go. But you are now getting money from him. For what? <laughs> There's no doubt that there are all kinds of people in a good church. But how can one serve God in the midst of pretenders? They smile with you in the face and turn around to say bad things about you. I thought as Christians we needed each other to make it happen. Well, the kingdom of God is like a man who went out and caught many fish. There's starfish, there are red fish, blue fish, different fishes you cannot... Um, yeah, and Jesus said, let the wheat and the tares grow together. So as long as we are in this flesh, there will be wheat and tares. 
So don't get disappointed in people and don't always ask a moral question. Why are people like this? Why do they? You won't find answers. So. They are like this because of Adam and Eve. <laughs> All right. So how can you serve God in the midst of pretenders? Not everybody is a pretender. Some will pretend like Judas and some will be good. And like John and co. And so, and you be real. You don't pretend. Usually when you are real, you will attract also real people. If you are also some way, you will attract. And, and select your friends in the church. Timothy said, Paul said to Timothy, that you be an example to believers. Not unbelievers. To believers in faith, in charity, in conversation. In the way you, so you can be an example to believers. Because not every believer is the right way. Okay, so instead of pointing fingers, look at your own issues. And you be real. And other real people will come your way. Amen. I know it's heartbreaking in the body of Christ to find all this, but the wheat and the tares are together till the master comes. Auntie please, with the bishop's busy schedule, does the time, does he have time for you? Please tell me. Well, yes, he has time for me. And he does have a very busy schedule. And the schedule is growing with time. But I always tell Bishop that I think that he should also teach about the hidden things of his life. Because there are times when we just go away. And nobody will know that we've just gone away. And we go away not to any plush place or any, but anywhere where we think we can have some quiet. You know, and he does play with the children. He has a relationship with them. He takes them swimming and all that. Maybe if you saw those pictures, ah, is that the bishop? You know, so I feel that many men of God, their lives are out there, but they have a lot of hidden aspects of their lives. In my house, it's my husband who lays our bed, and then he makes tea for me every morning. And it's me who rejects the tea, and then it becomes an issue. You know, and just a couple of days ago, he was giving my little daughter some chicken. And my daughter was saying, no, no, I don't want to say, you are just like your mother. Everything you are giving, you don't want, you know. But I'm learning to accept things. But every morning, we have some quality time together. And we catch up with each other. You know, he may have his Bible on his lap. I may have my Bible, but we catch up on issues, what's happening, whatever, and then... And my husband is a better communicator. He phones me more than I phone him. You're surprised. He sends me more texts than I send him. You know, so I may look so whatever, but he's more romantic than I am. <laughs> but of course, his schedule is also heavy. And there are times when I come to breaking point and I think this is hard. There are times I've asked God, I've given and given and given. What else? is there to give. There are times I've cried and said, I've given you everything, including the person that means so much to me. I've given. You know, times when he comes home, he can barely open his eyes. And I have issues, but he has solved your issues and he's tired. A few days ago, he was telling me, you know, I'm tired. Issues, this, I was saying that. Maybe you should just allow God to take over many of the issues. Because I think that you are getting weary with issues. So sometimes I have my own issues, but I don't bring them because. The person is already tired. Am I now going to bring my issues to them? They may be tall and long. 
So there are times I even weep in secret so that I will not break his heart or make him discouraged. Those times also exist. There's summer in my life and there's also winter. But in such times, I've learned to depend on God. Sometimes I stop everything and I just go away with my CD, my messages, my whatever I want to do. And God just speaks to me. I do all my weeping and I come back refreshed. So the things that I tell you to do, they are things that I do myself. Amen. Auntie, please, as a professional woman, how do you balance work and still maintain your home? Uh, am I a professional woman? Uh, pastoring is professional. Okay. Um, I think it takes a lot of grace, some wisdom, delegation. Get help when you need help. You may have to get house help. It doesn't mean you give your whole house to the house help. You must still stay in control. Some of you, you have dashed your houses. It should not be so. <laughs> Amen. And then also good planning. Plan. Plan that Thursday is your marketing day. And when you go, to, I still go to the market. The people in my house have never been to the market. I still go because I enjoy going. But as time has gone on, people have gotten to know me. People I don't know. Cassava sellers say, hey, Bishop, so I stopped going to Kaneshi Market. <laughs> The last time I was in Dansoman Market, I said to the lady, Hey, this onion, reduce it, add some. And she was just doing that. And at a point, she said, Sister Mommy, I have reduced. Quickly, I packed my things. I, quit, I paid her quickly. No issues. I left. <laughs> so I think that good planning and delegation and knowing when to say no. You see, sometimes I have a tall order. Come and cut my cake. Come and do daughter. Come and preach. Come and dedicate my shop. This morning, last, uh, yesterday morning, somebody said, come and dedicate my shop. Come and dedicate my business. Come and counsel me. Come and I've learned to say no sometimes because I've learned to put limits on myself. Say, this one, I can't do it. This one, there's a limit. So sometimes I say no. I want to come and see you for counsel. It's very urgent. I'm not there. This week is daughter. I'm not there. I have learned to say no. I'm not very good at saying no, but after being married to a colleague for about 18 years, I've learned to say no. So you must also learn to say no. Try with the wisdom of God to plan. Seek help when you can. Train the people around you so that they can take a lot of you. And give people what they can do. You know, you don't have to do everything yourself. And I think that it's quite a short meeting, but I hope I've helped. And talk to other women. They always have new ideas, how you freeze food, where to get this. When you interact, you get better. If you have to get house help, it's another woman who will usually help you. Auntie Mami, my question is that, how come you talk with so much grace? Oh, mercy. It's the doing of the Lord. How can I be like you? The same God who made me would do the same for you. Amen. It is, is it advisable to date a guy at the age of 21? It depends on how mature you are. If I got married at 21, I couldn't have coped. <laughs> but some people could cope maybe at 21. If I got married at 21, I would go home to my mother every day. <laughs> you know, so maturity is not age. But it's whether you are emotionally ready. Marriage takes a lot of your emotion. Whether you are psychologically and mentally ready, financially ready, spiritually ready. 21, are you ready to be cooking for somebody's son three times a day? 
and not enjoying your youth sometimes to its fullest? Are you ready to be disturbed at night when you sleep? Are you ready to go to the market and combine it with your schoolwork and all that? So I think that everybody is different. And some people may be able to marry at 21, but not I, said the cat. How can we be real when we are not with ourselves like we do, nor trust our call? I don't understand the question. How can we be real when we are not with ourselves? Like we do not trust our call. We are not real with ourselves. How can we be real when we are not ourselves? We are not real with ourselves. Like we do not trust our call. And you have to begin to agree with God. Everything that God has said to you. You need to meditate on it. It's not just reading. It's not just hearing. But if you meditate on it, it profits you. Meditation makes the word profitable. So meditate on what God has made you. And it will make you believe and be real. Hello, please. What if my husband stops becoming a Christian? How can I continue? Continue. Because the two of you are not called together. Adam had his punishment. Eve had his punishment. If your husband has backslidden, it's painful, but it has nothing to do with you. The Bible says he will be warned by your conversation, your behavior. So just continue pressing on in the Lord. And pray for him. Intercede for him that the Lord will touch him. Amen. But you shouldn't lose your faith because he has lost his. How do you continue being spiritual when you see yourself getting into sin always? Um, the devil looks for work for idle hands. Most of the time when you are idle and you are in places where you shouldn't be, that's when you get into trouble. You know, but when you are involved and you have a shepherd over your life, somebody you are answerable to, accountable to, it helps you to keep out of sin. So open up your life to somebody so that the person can call you. Like Reverend Saki was saying, somebody said, Pastor, I'm here. I'm about to remove my belt. Why are you there in the first place? The pastor said, zip your trousers. He did. Put on your belt. He did. Walk out. Then he did. You know? <laughs> Not all of us will have such personal Holy Ghost. But when you have somebody looking up to you, and then also, the more you stay in God's presence, the more you are empowered to be holy. You see, but modern day Christians, we don't want to sacrifice anything. We don't want to pay a price, but we have to pay a price. Amen. So, see somebody who you see as spiritual to help you with your sin and give you practical ways to overcome. I want to know, with you having children, how best can you have a quiet, an effective quiet time? I lock my door and I stay in there and then they come. We know you are in there. We know. Then some start to cry. Some start to fight behind my door. He, he took my socks. I shut out. I said, this is me time. This is God's time. So no matter who, what, as the phone even rings, I just need to hear from the master. So I've learned to also say no to my children sometimes because they'll control you if you don't take care. What do you do if your husband complains about staying late in church? Hmm, because he's not in church with you. Well, some of the days you can cut short your conversation so that he sees that you are making an effort. Do you understand? And if you have to meet somebody and it can be done before church, then do it before. And then when you come, share fellowship a bit and leave. We all understand. Use wisdom. Otherwise, you can be banned completely and then it becomes another issue. How can I become anointed like you, first lady? I think I've answered that question. But thank you for your kindness. How will you help when the person feels rejected? Get the tape. 
daughter, when you feel rejected, I believe it will bless you. Can I accept the advance of marriage of someone who just gave his life to Christ? Hmm. Yes, you can, but I'll say give him some time. Bible says, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. And things are proven with time. Things are tested with time. So allow him to grow up a bit as a Christian. But some people become late as Christians. They come as Christians late, but they grow very quickly. You know, Paul was a grown-up man when he became born again, but he did more than you and I who maybe were born into Christianity. <laughs> Do you understand? So God has a purpose and a call for everybody. But give him time and don't make yourself a condition that unless I see you as very serious, I won't say, I, I I won't say yes. Just say that, oh, let's study each other and see. But if you put that condition, you'll be forced to be unreal with you. But just allow God and God will bless you. And I trust that we will avail ourselves of the messages, the DVDs. You know, we spend money on so many things. But we don't want to spend money on spiritual things. The Queen of Sheba took a journey from the uttermost parts of the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And many of us, to take a journey even to this place for this meeting, it's a problem. Because we are not used to investing in spiritual things. But let's invest in spiritual things. And God will bless us. Thank you. I'm done. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.